Today's coffee shop conversation at Artichoke Music is presented by Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza. Love at 425. there. Tom D'Antoni in the cafe at Artichoke Music again. That's 2007 Southeast Powell Boulevard for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation at Artichoke Music. Today, it's someone I haven't had a chance to talk with for a while, multi-instrumentalist, composer, vocalist Martin Zarzar, who you may remember from his time with Pink Martini. He has a new album out of songs in Spanish and French, and it's beautiful. I like to think of Martine as our own version of Arto Lindsay, the composer-singer who came out of the downtown music scene in New York in the 80s. Not that he's any way retro, but he's versatile like Arto. There are covers and originals in the new album, and I'm anxious to talk to Martine about them. Martine, welcome to Cafe Artichoke. Here's Artichoke Music. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Tom. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been too long. I like this new location. It's nice. It's cozy, and it I is. hear the coffee bubbling in the background. Coffee's bubbling, and it's a plus. And sometimes you can hear them because uh, it is a, a, a musical instrument story. Hey, people trying out guitars and oh. harps and ukuleles and all kinds of stuff. So that's the catch, huh? I have to buy something after this. Is <laughs> no, <that right? laughs> you don't have to buy anything. Uh, I people might. Have, I people might. have to buy your your album. That's what they have to do. If, yes, I, I would hope so if they like it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I was glad. To, I was happy to see that you have a new album, uh, and uh, there's no English on it. I think I forgot. <laughs> Oops. Well, that's one. Of course, that's, that's one of the. Well, that's one of the most. You know, that's one of the good things about it. Yes, I, I agree. I I think I was uh, a little bit uh, too diverse in my previous productions in terms of languages. I mean, I don't have anything against that, but uh-huh. I think I kind of exhausted that. Avenue of exploration I thought uh-huh. Why not focus things A little bit And that doesn't mean I won't do stuff In English in the future In fact I'm about to put out An, an album that's mostly In English ah. But I uh-huh. liked the challenge Of having a more Focused playlist uh-huh. And seeing uh-huh. Where that would lead me Artistically And what kinds of choices I would have to make yeah. To make it gel In a different way And I think I, I enjoyed the process It came together yeah, it was it was a surprise to me yeah. that, that it came together that way, and yeah, and I like yeah. how it came out. So I yeah. think it's for the better. I have always thought of you as kind of Portland's Arto Lindsay. Oh, you, you know Arto Lindsay? I'm not too familiar. Arto Lindsay was a guy who came out of the New York scene dec- several decades ago. Oh, okay. Uh, no, with, I don't know anything. With, uh, with John Zorn and those those kinds of, and those okay, Bill yeah, Frizzell and those people. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I know that. And although. Like you, he he made albums with um, art songs because I think that's what you do. You know, I think they are you know, most of, most of what I've heard of yours. I I, I consider art songs. Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, he would he would turn around and make an album of to, uh, totally in Portuguese. Right. You know. Okay. Oh, so I ha- that doesn't mean I won't go back to doing that. Yeah, so this was just a, sp- a specific experiment I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. This. I yeah. still have some harebrained ideas of doing variety Good. albums in the future. Good. Well, that's what but, I mean. But you also, know? the other thing, Tom, is I think album full-length albums are kind of a dying art. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, having a more focused approach going into the future for me is uh, also a way to have shorter playlists. This album, for example, uh-huh. is only ten songs. Yeah. 
and that's a bit on the short side. My first album was, I think, 16 or 18 tracks. I don't remember. It was, yeah. it was a lot of tracks, right? Uh-huh. The second one had maybe 14. I can't remember exactly. But So they're getting shorter. And I think that's because my attention span, as well as everyone else's, is getting shorter, for better or worse. <laughs> maybe some good things can come out of that. Um, mostly bad things, probably. Right. <laughs> but um, but I think going into the future, for me, at least uh, with music, making shorter focused playlists is is the artistic challenge mm-hmm. because of the marketplace and also just because of the yeah. way society is structured these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you actually making CDs or, or, or is this di- digital only? Uh, this is going to be printed. Yeah, okay. I think this is worth printing. Sure, yeah. sure. Maybe some of the other stuff that I'm doing right now won't be printed just because it's just it's, it's expensive to print uh-huh. if you don't have a specific marketing idea behind it. But I feel like this album is fairly marketable in terms of uh, finding its audience in the world. It already uh-huh. is doing that. Yeah. People are, seem to be finding it um, yeah. randomly and, and sticking with it. So, Well, I know was, you're, yeah. you're a multi-instrumentalist. Do you play everything on this? Most most uh, instruments are me on yeah. this on this record. Wow. I do have a couple of guests on a couple of tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, more than a couple of guests, but only only on a, on two or three tracks. So Dan Gaynor plays piano on a couple of tracks. Very nice. And you might you know his playing, sure. so you might be able to pick out where it's him and where it's not him. Uh, <laughs> where it sounds great, it's him, <laughs> and when it sounds maybe quirky and interesting and not great, it's me. Um, then um, when, uh, the other guests are David Evans on the saxophone, which wow. are, who is someone I love to work with, and yeah. he's 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 pretty much on on all my records, right? And, and I I hope that he will be on many more. <laughs> he's a great guy, yeah, and a wonderful musician. And um, there, uh, also uh, Charlie Porter is on trumpet. I don't know if you're familiar with sure, that. yeah. So he's on trumpet on one of the tracks wow. as well. Wow. And you know the the high stuff, the, the like the super you know uh-huh. poignant trumpet uh, yeah. uh, hits on that on mm-hmm. the on the more danceable, I guess I would say salsa tune mm-hmm. is is Charlie, and um, there might be I may be forgetting, but I think actually there might be one other person. There's there's a flautist on really? on that on the same song as well. He was huh. part of the group Tiempo Libre. But I can't remember his name right now. That's they were okay. in town for a week, and <laughs> and and he, you know he was kind enough to swing by the studio, yeah, yeah. and and throw down on this track, and nice. it sounded great. Nice. Um, but I think the rest is uh, me. Oh, if there's cello, it's Dave Egar. Uh-huh. There might be some cello. Yes, there uh-huh. is cello. That's uh-huh. right. Utopias, Utopias uh-huh. has uh, some beautiful cello uh, uh, pads and uh, arrangements. These kind of breathing in and out of the music. Um, that's that's Dave Agar, and he kind of, he co-produced the cello part with mm-hmm. uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Palmer, who is his uh, his uh, studio partner and huh. and uh, business partner in, in music. Yeah, cello seems to be uh, uh, perfect for this album. It's I, I think cello is always perfect for everything, <laughs> right? Isn't that isn't it the best sound? I I love the sound of the cello. I wish I could play it actually, but yeah. I, I, you know, it would take me a lifetime. So there was a time when Choose it seemed like cello was on every album. Yeah, yeah, yeah those were the days, right? <laughs> <laughs> Music was better when when that was the case. <laughs> Wasn't that the golden age of, of recording? <laughs> about I ten years so. ago, I think. <laughs> oh, ten. Oh, oh, you're talking about the newer stuff. Yeah, I'm not particular. I'm not partial to the newer use uh. of or, of of string arrangements uh-huh. Uh-huh. on pop music 
there's some some of it I like. In fact, a lot of what Dave does because he does a lot of pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Agar with strings, he does brilliant stuff. But I find that I like the older stuff more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older you know orchestrations like the, you know Nat Cole and uh-huh. um, Sinatra stuff. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I love that that approach. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's all right, let, let's just uh, why don't you give us a hand with some translation, starting with yeah. the the name of the album. The name of the album, El Jardín de Mi Abuela. It means my grandmother's garden. You probably already knew. Well, I did check for that. Her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is for, for the people listening. And so the, uh, my grandmother's garden. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, that would be the translation. If you want to know the story behind yeah. it. Like, so my thought was, well, it was sort of a, a right brain thing. I, I didn't really think it through too much. But then as it, as it came through... It started meaning more to me. Uh-huh. It sort of revealed a, a layer of meaning that I didn't know was there. Um, and the thought was, well, it, it, to me it's a unifying theme. It's a, it's a human experience. It, this idea that, we're all, that we all have a grandma, where, whether mm-hmm. we know th- them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have grandparents, and we all are part of this human family. And that was sort of the, the vibe that I was getting from the title. Mm-hmm. And, and on a personal level, it is, um, it is the idea, well, a lot of these songs, a lot of these songs, uh, the covers, not the originals, because about half of them are originals, I yeah. think. Um, the covers were things that I learned listening to music at my grandma's house, or uh-huh. my, my grandparents' house, really. It was uh-huh. grandma and grandpa. Um, and... So a lot of this music came directly as as a heritage from my grandparents, uh-huh. and that's how I know it. Um, and I was lucky enough that I knew a lot of these songs that Pink Martini plays as well, uh-huh. because I knew them growing up. So it was kind of seamless for me to fit into that context. But yeah. also, it, it was always present in my own music as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, some some uh, some some of these you sing in French. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's right. There is a song, uh, yeah. one or two songs. Yeah, two songs in French. Two songs. Interesting yeah. story. So the one of them is uh, Sydney Bechet. Yeah, right. And you, uh, everybody knows that uh, Petite Fleur, and uh, that's just something I heard uh, when I was living in France as a kid. Uh-huh. But gram- Grandma was not there. But uh, my my mom and I were living in, in France, mm-hmm. and I heard this at a at a friend's uh, flat where we were where we were staying for a, a little while. And um, he's, he's actually the, the consul uh, general of, of uh, Peru in mm-hmm. Paris. His name is Santiago Markovic. Great guy. Anyway, so he, he, that, that's because of him. So that's where I heard that song. But the, um, the other song um, is La Valse Creole. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. La Valse Creole. And I'm saying it with a Spanish accent because it, it's actually a song written by a Peruvian author. Uh-huh. And uh, she was also my grandma's cousin, Chabuca Granda. Uh-huh. And she wrote the song in French for, I believe it was for a song contest in, that was <laughs> taking place in France. The song almost never is played by anyone. It's sort of one of her more obscure songs. Uh-huh. But I liked it a lot, and, and I liked that it was in French. I thought it was a neat connection between the Spanish and the French world uh-huh. that, I w- that I didn't expect. So I uh-huh. figured I would do a cover of that. Where were you born? I was born in Lima, Peru. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Huh. And so you have all that connection to the Andean music, and uh, and, and 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 salsa and and all that stuff. Of course, it's not. It's not 
I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, the thing about dancing the is, music, yeah. the thing about dancing. Two left feet. No. The thing about <laughs> dancing is the most important thing is that you want to do it. Mm. Yeah, you're it right. It does not matter if you can or not. That's, that's yes. I, that I you want to do it is the most important thing. I feel you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And, and sometimes I do want to do it. That doesn't mean anybody wants to see it. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a spectator sport. Good, good. You know? I'm I mean, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. particularly if you're dancing with someone. You yeah. Know? Just as long, as long as you're not stepping on them too wow. much, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do enjoy dancing once in a while, but, yeah. you know, it's... It's strange. I've always been behind the bandstand, uh-huh. playing for people that were dancing, and I yeah. feel like they're taking care of that, and I'm taking care of the other thing, and, we're, and everyone's happily in their own little corner. But there is something to be said for stepping out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. I should dance more. You should. <laughs> Want to go dancing, Tom? Everybody should dance more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and so, when what, what was your first instrument then, growing up? Growing up, my obsession as a child was the piano. Really, I, I really wanted to play piano, uh-huh. and and I wasn't allowed to at first. Wow! Um, because the the academy, and I think it was just a sort of backwards mentality in general. Where I was in in Lima, Peru, they didn't teach kids that were too young, and I really wanted to learn, and huh. I threw a tantrum and <laughs> and. Uh, so they gave me a chance. Um, I think I just wouldn't leave. I, 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 <laughs> I threw myself on the floor in front of this place. I was six years old. My mom says I wouldn't leave until they gave me a chance. So they let me in, and, and I, I sort of improvised for them. And, and they thought, oh, he's got some musical sense. So, um, so they helped me find a private teacher uh-huh. um, who was terrible. Oh. But I still liked the piano. I just didn't like the lessons. I understand. Um, actually, the teacher might have been great. I, maybe I was a bad student. I shouldn't just point the finger. But then, <laughs> then, uh, but luckily, after a couple of years, well, what happened is I got sick. I, I wasn't able to walk for two years. I was in a body cast, oh. and so I couldn't play the piano either. So that sort of broke that that uh, train of lessons. Uh-huh. And then I was in Paris with my mom, and I was, uh, I think, I was nine years old, and we found so so between you know seven and nine, I didn't play. But uh, then I started playing with a Vietnamese teacher, and I can't remember his name, unfortunately. I, I, uh-huh. I feel really bad because he was, I, could fi- I should find out and send him a thank you note because he was, he probably taught me more about music than that I have ever learned. You wow. know? And, and, I mean, I've learned lots since, but that was the foundation really mm-hmm. for everything that came after. Developed my ears, huh. we played, you know, kind of an accelerated thing. I mean, in in a year <coughs> lessons with him I was playing Mozart and Chopin and stuff on like that on piano? yeah yeah uh-huh. and I was like I was getting somewhere you know as a child on the piano I was getting around on yeah. the instrument and, and feeling like I was making music and uh-huh. it was it was wonderful but um, then we moved again and that was the end of that and then I didn't play for a while so then I started playing percussion mm-hmm. and but I always heard things as a, from a piano perspective and really? I still do I'm, I'm yeah. not a, I'm a terrible pianist but <laughs> I can play you know I've got enough enough facility that I can uh-huh. figure things out and I use it as a composition tool. I was going to ask you that. But everything yeah. looks like a piano in a way, you know. Uh-huh. Every, you know, every instrument that has harmony, I kind of mm-hmm. relate to uh, from the piano perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So all the, all the time you were, you were known as a percussionist, 
yeah. There was actually a pianist living in there. Yeah, I mean, I yes, but the piano's hard, <laughs> <laughs> and percussion somehow comes easily to me. I mean, I, yeah. I work hard at it, but but it's it's uh, it seems to flow really really naturally, and I love percussion. It's it's fun, um, and uh, I mean, I like both. I I, I wouldn't want to choose, you know. Uh-huh. I would I would hate to choose, but I'm definitely I think I'm I'm a better percussionist than I'm a pianist really? by far. Yeah. I, th- I just have more hours put uh-huh. into it, I think. What is your favorite percussion instrument to play? I really love the the, the ones that I've never played before. On this album, most mm-hmm. of what, I, what I'm playing is pretty traditional stuff, like bongo, congas, uh-huh. drum set, stuff like that, you know? Uh-huh. But I... I'm dabbling in some things like on, on on the next album I'm trying to to get some Irish sounds. Really? I'm working on a children's album and and I love Irish music. And so trying to emulate some of those rhythms um on on a frame drum trying to make it sound like a bow drum but it it's probably nothing like it but yeah I would <laughs> like to know how to play that style uh-huh. as well so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um yeah. What percussion instruments do you play on this album? I would say there's uh, Quite a bit of drum set, uh-huh. quite a bit of um, small, uh, what people call auxiliary percussion, like shakers and yeah. you know, like small shiny, shaky things, yeah. triangles, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh, lo- lovely sounds, you know, coloring and yeah. spectrum. Um, those are always really fun. They're surprisingly uh, influential in how we perceive music. Those little chimey things, you mm-hmm. know, they really make, as you know, they really make a difference. So, so I like that. Um, I can't remember all the instruments that I played on. I I have so many instruments in my studio, and they they all sort of make it onto recordings in subtle ways. And I can't I I lose track. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's so many tracks on some of these songs. They don't sound yeah. like it because they're sort of buried in the background. I try uh-huh. to keep things transparent. Yeah, but there's a lot of detail, and and I don't remember everything. Definitely the the staples: are drum set and yeah. congas, bongo, cajon, things mm-hmm. like that. Those mm-hmm. are the things you probably hear most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people, people who are who are music consumers, and not not the people who make the music, <coughs> would love to be able to hear what you hear. And I would love to be able to hear what they hear because I for, I don't know what it sounds like from that well, perspective. You know, you they forget. hear less than you do. <laughs> yeah, a, that's probably true. That's yeah. probably true. Yeah, maybe yeah. for better or worse, I don't know. But yeah, it, know. but it's. Um, I definitely dissect things as I listen. Uh-huh. Uh, even you know, unconsciously, it just happens. I, I, I just hear so much detail, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, I'm not losing my hearing too much. But um, <laughs> you know, that happens with age too. High yeah, I blew away. out this yeah. year uh, transcribing an Esperanza Spalding interview. Oh, oh my goodness, really? <laughs> yeah, the, the, really? The sound just spike. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. always a danger with, yeah, with headphones was, or speakers. I, yeah, headphones. yeah, I do that all the time. And yeah. I, Sometimes I don't realize how loud the volume is. So, yeah, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> kind of careful with that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so tell me more about what's on the what's on the album. Well, what's your? Do you have a favorite? Well, uh, let's, let, let me, me ask, ask you, you this: When we go out at the yeah. end of this, mm-hmm. what do you think we should we should play? What's what tune do you think we should play? I, I do have a favorite. My favorite is the title track. Uh-huh. And I, I just love it. It's very close to my heart, uh, but it's. And it's a fun tune to listen to. It, it's really kind of, it's really catchy. And uh, it's just a fun little ditty to sing along, I would say. But it's, um, 
It may not be the most popular appeal of, of mm-hmm. all the songs, although people really seem to like that one. Yeah. Um, I haven't pushed it on people, but the people seem to gravitate toward that one naturally. Is it because of your grandmother? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Well, but the grand, song itself, the grand, song itself is... Grandparents are designed to spoil their grandchildren. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need more of them, right? Yeah. Everyone should have 20 grandparents. I, I remember that my, grandparents, my, my grandmother on my father's side, I never understood a goddamn word she said because she had a very, very, very thick Sicilian accent and didn't speak very much English. Oh, wow. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know that I ever ever understood anything she said. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't matter. Your love was there, right? Yeah, yeah. And on my mother's side, when I became a hippie and dropped out (laughs) and became a revolutionary and uh, uh, was the the black sheep of the family, she stuck by me. Wow. You know? That's amazing. Even though you you still didn't verbally... Communicate, you, you, but you. Oh could no, no, the, the other grandmother. Oh, the other grandma. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they kind of have the easy job if you think about it, right? Well, right. Because they don't have right. to do the corrective. <laughs> exactly. So they can be. They can be the good. The good guy. Or the, the good, good cop. Girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the good person and the good good cop bad cop. Right. right? The parents. The, have to the be one who lets you get cop, away with shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, I think everybody needs both. <laughs> right. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> Hopefully, the parents get to be grandparents too, and then you know, they 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 get to play that role as well. So it's not all. Yeah, you know. Yeah. How old is your son? He is. He just turned three. Three. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm experiencing the you know having to be the bad cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's a yeah. lot of fun. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's a good kid. Huh. He seems to to have a good understanding of his surroundings, so uh-huh. I don't have to say too much. Uh, how many languages does he speak? <laughs> He's, uh, he speaks two fluently. Two? fluently That's great. And I try to teach him French, you know, yeah. as much as I can yeah. without boring him to death. Uh-huh. I speak French to him sometimes. We read stories in French sometimes. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I think mom does the same thing. What music does he like? He likes all kinds of music. Yeah. It's, I, I don't push things on him. I kind of let him just listen to whatever. Uh-huh. Of course, there's the relentless uh, Disney marketing machine <laughs> that gets into kids' ears and eyes, uh, inevitably. So he likes some of that, but he's very open to different things. So you know, sometimes we'll listen to jazz, um, and and I call it old jazz when it's the real yeah. deal. You yeah. know, I, yeah. and so he 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 sometimes asks to listen to old jazz, uh-huh. uh, like Miles and stuff like that. Um, what about when he listens to your stuff? Some of it he loves and some of it he doesn't care for. You know, he's <laughs> actually a really good filter. Now that I'm working on a kid's album, um, and most of the tracks that are on there, except for one that I just really want on there, yeah. are, have been approved by him. That's good. You know, they were the ones that he asked for. And lots of them didn't make the cut. So he, he's got a, yeah, he's got a, he's a, his own taste, but I feel like it probably represents a lot of, a lot of young years. Now, the album is also going to be for adults. You know, yeah. it's like I'm calling it for kids from zero to 100. Uh-huh. Not to not to leave out people who are over a hundred, yeah. but yeah. you know, just had a good good ring that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to the one that's out now. Oh yeah, and sorry, sorry. Can, I'm excited can... about this because I've been just recording it. Well, but yes, yeah. absolutely. No, the one that's out is wonderful. Yeah, get it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On all platforms, <laughs> I might I might put a vinyl one out of this one too. If nice. It, what do you think? Is it, is it? Do people ask for vinyl these days? I have no days? idea. Okay. I know that, that whenever I talk to Terry Courier at Music Millennium, mm. 
it, the vinyl is more and more popular. Okay. But I have no, yeah. I just, I'm, you're asking the wrong guy here All right. for that. Do you, you, know? do you have a turntable? Oh, God, I have, I have about 5,000 LPs. Oh, great. Well, yeah. yeah. Once this comes out, I'll send you one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, t- tell me, tell me more about the album. Tell me what, t- tell me about some, some more tunes. Uh, what's what's your favorite one, or do you have a favorite, or which one kind of grabs you? Well, I really like that last cut. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's an interesting surprise. Yeah. I I was, that was a big risk. Why? Uh, because that that is a very contentious song, uh-huh. and the reason is the history of that song is is sort of the the underdog being taken advantage of and there are a lot of angry people out there well i don't know what it says because i can't understand <laughs> it's a understand se fue, right yeah. it's the sort of samba yeah yeah. yeah yeah so that's a, it's a bolivian song uh-huh and the history of the the well that song came out in the, in the early 80s it was written by a group called los jarcas uh-huh. a wonderful uh, andean music group uh-huh. uh, great mel- great melodists and lyricists uh-huh. And it's just truly wonderful stuff what they do, and uh, and their that particular song was covered by a Brazilian group uh-huh. and not given credit for, oh. and not paid for. So they were sued. As far that's the story as as I've heard it, and so that angered a lot of Bolivian people, and and so every time a version of that comes out, they just assume someone's taken advantage. And and so they're quick to shoot it down. So I'm I'm guessing they'll probably think. Now I did pay for the rights. I okay. Did, I did buy the license for it. So All right. and, and I and I fully support that group. It's it's really like uh-huh. I said. People should check out the original. Uh, Llorando se fue. It's also known as the Lambada. Yeah. And that's I I you know put that in parentheses because that's how people know it. But right. that's because of the Brazilian version. They uh-huh. they sort of. Uh, made it known so yeah. in a way it all works out in the end because that you know they they won the lawsuit and now they're famous and yeah you know, it's not you know the process was was rocky but in the end i think everyone benefited um so i feel like a lot of people are gonna probably be angry about this assuming that i did something you know, really? similar wow but but the version i i like how it turned out i like i like i think that i added my own perspective to it uh-huh. and I, I think it's a, a nice addition to the collection of existing covers of that song <laughs> but you know that's just me well since i since i don't know the language and I'll, i and the only way i can relate to it as is just as a piece of music it's, oh, it's fabulous is the melody's beautiful yeah. isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like the, the and you you know you're your talents as a percussionist, I mean, oh, my God. You oh, know? It was fun to do that, yeah. yeah. Layering percussion. Yeah, and yeah. Three snare drums or a <laughs> bunch of... Yeah, that that was... that was. I didn't know that how that was going to sound because I don't have uh, a full Brazilian batucada uh-huh. uh, uh, instrumentation at home. So I, I did it with instruments that weren't necessarily the right ones. But I it, it has its own sound, and I think it sounds full and, and fun. So it worked out. It is. I, I didn't. I didn't expect. I didn't know what to expect. I just yeah. blindly had this in my in my head, and I had to get this melody down on on tape. So I <laughs> so went for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it really it works. <laughs> I think so. With a great melody, it's easy to work with. Yeah. You know, it sort of does. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it works itself out. Yeah. Um, did you ever hear yeah. that that album that the studio Rio did, where they took 
soul soul music tunes and, and jazz tunes and they stripped all the instrumentation out and huh. just laid in all Brazilian instrumentation. I have not heard that. It sounds great. It's incredible. I'm going to check that it's out. It's amazing. I mean, everything from Billie Holiday to Marvin Gaye. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bill Withers, yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, this I've got to hear. Yeah, Nina Simone. It's amazing. It's, a, it's yeah. an amazing album. Yeah. Well, Brazilian music just sounds good in anything, yeah. it, right? I mean, yeah. what yeah. a groovy world that is. <laughs> just, oh, man, I... I'm still obsessed with that, with with the rhythms and, and yeah. vibe of Brazilian music. I want to. I'm gonna make a, Brazi- a, a, a Brazilian music album uh-huh. eventually. Not that uh-huh. I'm Brazilian at all, but like an om- yeah. homage to to my, yeah. Yeah. you know, the influences. I've got Brian the- Davis coming in here in a few weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Speaking of Brazilian music, Great. I just saw him the other day at <laughs> the Symphony Hall. Yeah, yeah. At the, at the Schnitz, He's hanging out. Edna was playing. Uh huh. was playing. Yeah. Right into him she's going to be on the podcast too. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. You know, after all these years, it's, you don't run out of people to talk to, you know? Yeah. Well, you're keeping <laughs> it alive, Tom. It's, it's good to have you in the community. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you're working on a new one. When, yeah. when do you think the, the, the public will, will be able to, to hear that? It's it's ready. Oh, I even have the album cover. Whoa! Um, it's it's gone to mastering. I mm-hmm. haven't received the masters yet, um, but it's being mastered probably today. So the question is, when is a, when is it a smart time yeah. to put it out? Because yeah. the other one just came out. Just came out. I right. Just, I was sort of working on both of them at the same time, uh-huh. so I didn't know which one to put out first. I just went uh-huh. with the one that was ready soonest. But yeah, like um, I, I could have gone either way. I just I. I don't know. I was thinking about putting the kids one out for Christmas, but I missed that deadline. So the other one came out, yeah. and I figured maybe the next one should be the next big, uh, big uh, marketing push for kids. You know, when when do when do uh, the stores try to push things on kids? That's when it should come out. <laughs> I should follow suit. You're the one with the kid. Yeah, that's right. So you probably well, we, should. Know. We don't. Yeah, I don't really follow all the, the calendar stuff like that. But if there's a if there's a similar thing to Black Friday in the spring, sometime that's probably when it should come out. I don't, I don't but, think so. You know, or or just whenever, really. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I do is is so non uh, non aggressive. Like I don't market things aggressively. Maybe uh-huh. I should. I just I, it's not something that I that I know how to do. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just I end up just putting out things when they're ready and uh-huh. when it feels right and just telling my friends about it and somehow they get out into the world. Um, so if anybody out there is listening and, and wants to chime in with ideas of how to get this into more people's ears, uh-huh. let me know. Now that sounds more like a pianist than a percussionist. Because you think a percussionist who, who beat, uh, somebody who beats <laughs> on things, you know. <laughs> I, w- I, I wish yeah, would, would, yeah. Would, would, would be aggressive Yeah, I guess I'm kind of shy, you know I, Well, maybe I mean, that's I, the pianist I, in you Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pianist trapped in a percussionist body <laughs> or, or something like that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bodybuilder trapped in a musician's body <laughs> <laughs> That's funny <laughs> <laughs> Who knows <laughs> Oh, man uh, well, look, thank you so much for coming in. This has been great. You know, uh, it's always nice to see you, and I'm, I'm happy you have this beautiful album out, and I hope people hear it. And uh, we're going to play the tune called... 
El jardín de mi abuela. All right. Thank you so much, Martín. Thank you, Tom. El jardín de mi abuela tiene un árbol de manzana donde voy cada mañana al despertar y por si alguna nube gris no le deje al sol brillar la sonrisa de mi abuela siempre está El jardín de mi abuela no es un sitio cualquiera tiene mangos y peras y además Un recuerdo muy feliz Entre rosas y jazmín Donde yo me enamoré más de una vez El jardín de mi abuela El jardín El jardín El jardín de mi abuela El jardín el jardín Y yo te invito a que vengas al jardín de mi abuela Solo cierra tus ojos y verás Vive en cada corazón, donde hay paz, donde hay amor, el que quiera siempre encontrará un lugar. En el jardín de mi abuela, el jardín, el jardín, el jardín de mi abuela, el jardín, el jardín, el jardín. De mi abuela, el jardín, el jardín, el jardín de mi abuela, el jardín, el jardín, vive en cada corazón, donde hay paz, donde hay amor, el que quiera siempre encontrará un lugar. El que quiera siempre encontrará un lugar El que quiera siempre encontrará un lugar